0: I still don't think I've got over the fact that you get Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday off in this job. So I feel like I've got like a mini holiday every week. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Detouring, a podcast about people who change their careers. My name is Tiago, and I'm your host. Today, I'm speaking with Alice used to be a stage manager, and now she's a software developer. Do you want to say hi, Alice?
0: Yeah. Hi, Diego. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice.
1: (laughs) So I've recently started doing this, and I wanted to ask you what you you thought you wanted to be when you were a child.
0: Yeah. So um, when I was little, I I started dancing pretty young, like lots of little girls do. And um, yeah, I guess I kind of always thought that I would maybe go into being on stage somehow and wanted to work in theatre. And as I got a bit older, I kind of thought, "Mm, actually, rather maybe backstage. So by the time I was in my late teens, I was getting really interested in art at school and found out more about the technical roles that are available um, in the industry. And so ended up going to drama school and Mm. studied stage management and technical theatre, which kind of helped me get into theatre, but in a slightly different way to how I maybe thought I was going to be when I was a child
1: <laughs> that's interesting because um you know you see you know actors in the theater in movies or whatever you think oh I want to be you know the person in the spotlight and you kind of realized quite early that maybe I like to stay behind the scenes a little bit more so that's how that's what led you into being a stage manager right
0: yeah pretty much um I think when I went to drama school first when I was 18 I wanted to be a set painter or set builder mm-hmm. do prop making it was all the very much the arty backstage creative side and actually ended up leaving and getting a job as a an assistant stage manager so I was yeah managing the cast and making sure that people were all safe on stage and still helping with prop making mm-hmm. but very much more kind of present when the shows are all on backstage with my headset and wearing my black clothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what did your role involve? What is it like? What What's a typical day like, uh, for somebody who doesn't know what, what the stage manager does or what working the back in the back scenes of of the theater? What, how what happens behind the scenes?
0: Yeah. So, um, oh, well, it's a really busy job. So, when you start working on a production, you'd normally start in rehearsals if the show's are completely new so as a stage manager you're working as part of a stage management team and you help find rehearsal props so there might be stand-in props for um, the actors to um, react to if they're walking in with a basket or something then you give them something that they can use and then you basically help make sure that the creative team keep to the daily schedule so the rehearsals start and stop when they do and people get their appropriate breaks and Gradually you build up the show in the rehearsal room and when it's ready, you move into technical rehearsals on stage. So that's when we combine the actors on the stage with all the set that's been built in the workshops beforehand and the lights and the sound and any automated set that needs to kind of get programmed to move on stage. And we combine the elements of like music and the pit and basically pull the whole show together before the audience come in. And then once the show is opened, stage managers are backstage every night, making sure that everything's running smoothly, helping where we need to, making sure everything's safe and making sure that the audience ultimately have a great time and the actors can do their job and the show goes well, hopefully. (laughs) So yeah, busy. Lots of different um, patterns of work. So rehearsals will be much more daytime. Shows are obviously much more evenings, but you still might have rehearsals in the day if things need to be looked at.
1: And did you travel with um with the uh, like with the show as as they move from place to place?
0: Yeah, I was um, busy. So uh, the first company I worked for was a ballet company, and we used to tour all around Scotland. And so we would start in Glasgow and then travel all around. Sometimes it was to small village halls uh, on the islands. Sometimes it was the big theaters in Edinburgh or Aberdeen. And um, so yeah, we did a real variety. And then. I also worked in london so that was west end theaters which is obviously much more static um just the big shows and the big stages and then i also toured around the uk and i toured a bit abroad mm. so same thing take the show but you're just moving it on a ship or a plane <laughs> and <laughs> you've got uh, translators that help you work with the local crew when you get there
1: okay so i've got maybe three questions because it sounds like you you've you've worked with like small shows and it sounds like you've worked with like bigger shows i would like to know the difference between these two but also what's the difference in you know setting up a show and working backstage in place that you're familiar with like the uk versus you know abroad
0: yeah so the small shows are normally really busy because they're smaller shows often your role kind of expands slightly so you might be helping with sorting out some costume washing or setting up their dressing rooms much more you might even be helping rigging some lights even though you're not like on the technical like lighting team but you just kind of muck in where you need to Mm -hmm. kind of get the show up and really long hours kind of moving in a van to the next venue but you get to go to some awesome places where perhaps Certainly when I was working for the ballet company, shows wouldn't get there very often. So it was just so nice to be able to get to an audience who just loved it so much. When it comes to the much bigger shows, obviously you've got many more resources, lots more team. But then the shows are often really, really complicated too because the set can be there for longer and yeah, get quite tricky with that. So that raises other problems or potential problems. (laughs) Hopefully, Mm -hmm. we overcome them in the technical rehearsals. And so, yeah, it's just just different, both really fun, but different challenges.
1: Mm. And what about UK versus abroad? Is there any difference at all? Or uh, maybe there's a very big difference even within the UK?
0: Yeah, uh, I think the one of the main things I actually found when we were working abroad was how big the theatres are. I uh, travelled mostly in Asia and a lot in China. And the theatres are huge, mm-hmm. which is quite different to some of the theatres that you get to in the UK, where the wings backstage are actually pretty small because of where the theatres are located and they're really really old they might not actually have that much room or the stage might be on a rake so it's on an angled bit so your set has to have brakes on so that a trolley for example wouldn't just roll down the stage Mm -hmm. whereas abroad yeah they've just got space there's big loading bays and you've obviously traveling all your show in big boxes so flight cases so There's plenty of room for the sound department to set up all of their kit in the side of the wings. And there's room for us to put our empty flight cases that the props and set have come out of, like, at the back. You're not having to stack them all up or put them back on lorries. So, yeah, probably space is one of the biggest differences. (laughs) (laughs) Just you can move.
1: (laughs) I think that that's probably true for everything that that requires, you know, a venue, because uh, if you think about, like, uh, Europe we've got a lot of old stuff and all the cities are all cramped together and if you think about places like you know Asia where well still they're all old countries as well but they invest a lot in new infrastructure
0: yeah yeah big purpose built hmm. buildings
1: that that job got you traveling you know all over it sounds a lot of fun it sounds like a good way to meet uh you know the world as well maybe
0: yeah definitely
1: did you get any chance of you know in your off time to visit the 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 place that you were in
0: yeah definitely so uh, it was really great we would stay in rather nice hotels because we were obviously put up by the companies that we were working for and if we weren't in rehearsals during the day then we just had the daytime to go and explore and then we'd be back on the company bus from the hotel at five o'clock or Hmm. half past four to start work and we do the evening shows it was quite different because you'd normally do two shows on a Saturday and two shows on a Sunday and then Monday was normally our day off so the schedule kind of shifted a bit from how it would be in the UK but it didn't Mm -hmm. really matter because because you're abroad you the weekend wasn't really the weekend because it yeah you kind of lost track day of days a bit you just (laughs) followed your schedule and the days that you weren't working you went well, certainly I did in the friends that I made on the jobs. We just went exploring. So it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, we were lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that sounds a lot of fun. So why why did you change then?
0: Yeah, I've had uh, an awesome time working in theatre. And I kind of think when I went into it when I was 21, I knew that it was going to be an awful lot of hours and some brilliant opportunities were going to come up. But at the same time, it's a lot of crazy hours. And I'd bought a little house back up in Yorkshire, which is where I'm from. And being away on tour and away from my little house was maybe getting a bit more tough. And yeah, I kind of also was, I'd kind of put so much into it in those few years. I kind of thought, well, it's time to maybe try something new and Mm. maybe find a job that I can have evenings and weekends and be able to prioritize things like seeing friends or spending time with my family that i'd perhaps put on the back burner while i'd been doing so many shows Mm so i think that was probably one of the main things (laughs) at a time
1: yeah it makes sense so why why did you pick software then software development
0: well i was living in london a few of my friends partners they were software developers so i'd heard a bit about coding then and then my brother got into coding he was a musician, so he was also in the kind of entertainment kind of industry. he got into coding, um, my now husband, he'd also got into coding. And I kinda kept looking around me thinking, All these people seem to like this thing called coding and I don't know anything about it. So maybe I'm gonna learn a little bit and then I can chat to them more and understand a bit about what they're doing. And they kept saying to me, Oh, it's just problem solving. It's just problem solving. Have a go. So I thought, well, I'll have a little go, and I quite liked it, and I kept going, and have never really found a reason to stop, so <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just learning more and more.
1: <laughs> so, uh, what was what was that decision point? Like, you mentioned, like, you bought your house, you wanted to, to be a, have a little bit more, like, a, a stabler work-life balance, and then you thought, I've heard about all this coding, I'm going to go ahead and try it.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So I was um I was working for an opera company when I started coding, and very much had the view that at some point I was going to be doing some kind of different career. I just wasn't quite sure what it was. And when I was away on tour, I'd take my computer and code a bit, sitting in my hotel room because I could do it like that way. Mm-hmm. And then obviously with the when the pandemic hit and uh, the theatres all closed, and it gave me a lot more time to put a bit more time and effort into the coding stuff, and also keep my keep my brain busy while the kind of industry that I'd been working in for 10 years had somewhat come to a halt. So yeah, by the time it was the summer, August, so a few months later, well, yeah, I just kind of thought if I'm going to do this, I may as well just do it and was enjoying it. And so I found out about North Coders, which is a coding boot camp in Leeds. And I was lucky enough to get a place on the September cohort, which took me through the autumn and winter So yeah, I started that and I haven't really looked back. It was very intense and (laughs) (laughs) made my brain hurt a lot, but it was really good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, everyone I speak to that has done a bootcamp, they always say that it's super intense, but it's super worth it.
0: Yeah, and I think being in an environment which was so bizarre at the time, being in lockdown, there were a few other people on my course who also come from the entertainment industry there was a sound engineer there was myself as being a stage manager there was a few musicians so we kind, of, we kind of knew where we were coming from as well from mm. like with respect to old careers so or previous careers so that was nice it was a support and we were all in it together to learn
1: yeah that sounds good like if you if you have uh, peers that are going through the same thing it makes everything easier
0: yeah definitely
1: so okay so you did north coders and then how was it finding your first job in in software development
0: it was interesting i think the main thing i found quite tricky was that i didn't really know loads about the tech industry hmm. so it was kind of trying to work out what the different companies were like what it was like to work for a startup company what it was like to work for a medium-sized company what joining like a big corporate company was going to be like so i you know, started applying for jobs and applied for quite a lot of different ones with different sizes of companies just to hopefully get some interviews and get a feel of how it might be out there mm-hmm. um, and in the end joined a very big company because uh, it <laughs> felt the most familiar to some of the companies that I'd worked for in the past happy with where I've settled <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and uh, starting starting that job you're obviously starting again in your life because you've you were quite experienced in the in the entertainment industry with what you were doing you did that for quite a few years and what was it like now i'm a complete novice again what is that like
0: uh at times overwhelming (laughs) at at times kind of sat there thinking i am never ever ever gonna be able to learn all this stuff (laughs) how am i gonna be able to do it but i think then you meet lovely people in your team and they at some point also joined the industry whether it was when they were straight out of university or later in life as well and I think that overwhelming feeling of like it's okay there's a lot to learn and you probably won't ever learn it all is just something that I've got more used to being okay with so just like asking for help or getting myself to a certain point and then being mm, okay I just need a bit of a pointer on this point yeah I think ultimately people are very welcoming in the tech industry which is awesome so it makes you feel um, <laughs> it makes it feel easier to kind of find your place
1: yeah I have this feeling so obviously I'm also in the tech industry and, and it feels like we, we we are all part of a, a community where we we're not competing against each other even even if we're part of competing companies we still like you know we have this um code of conduct with each other where everything is usually for the benefit of all so i i help you you'll later help me and maybe that's why there's so many free resources on the internet
0: yeah and always someone to ask mm-hmm. even if you ask somebody and they're not quite sure they'll be like oh ask this person they might know or oh, i've heard that this person's had some experience of it you could, you could try them and yeah well why don't we just figure it out together it's, it's nice.
1: I think that's the best part is, uh, let's, free, let's figure this out together. And you get to sometimes work with a, a more experienced person who's also trying to figure out the problem and you get to learn how how they look at problems. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is that, that is something that I really like to do with, with somebody that is experienced in one area that I've got no idea. I, I'm always interested in seeing how they solve the problem.
0: Yeah, and it also makes it less daunting when you then come across a problem that you've not faced before knowing mm. that other people are much more senior than you and have done way more projects <laughs> for you and you're also in that situation sometimes, um, yeah, you can really learn from them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that um, I don't think there's a lot of people who are afraid of showing that they don't know something because it, it feels like in, like in the tech industry, all you're doing is failing all day. <laughs> you <laughs> fail, you do something and the computer says no. So you're used to you're used to failing a lot. And I usually say that to my juniors, like they're they're um, sometimes that, Oh, I'm sorry Tiago, I, I I don't remember how to do this and I'm like, that's okay. I have to Google this thing every single time and I've done that for like ten years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, learning how to Google is a is a definitely a big thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> learning definitely. how to Google well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's like 50% of the software developer's skill set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, starting again, maybe, it, everything is, is daunting, but now you've been doing this for like a year and a half or something? Is that right?
0: Yeah, so actually I started my, my job a year ago tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much a year.
1: Oh, well, happy anniversary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Which is crazy, I'm not quite sure where the time's gone. Um,
1: yeah, it does just fly. But now that you're a little bit more settled, what's like a, a typical developer day where, where you are working? What does it involve? Uh, what kind of things do you work with?
0: Yeah, Um. so mostly at the moment still working from home. Mm-hmm. So only going to the office once or twice every two weeks. So um, for team days, it's really nice because we all get to chat and we often have a, a meeting room that will your hack day on so we'll just like get something working really quickly and mm. um, so that's really yeah really nice look out for lunch to Leeds market or yeah just have opportunity to learn from each other and like chat much more and um, but generally working from home we have stand-up at 10 o'clock so normally start an hour or so before and then finish the tickets that you need to do then have stand-up and then through the day we have meetings we have like product meetings demo meetings meetings with other teams meetings for refinement so refining our tickets for the next week Mm -hmm. um or planning meetings or retro meetings where we kind of look back at the previous two weeks and discuss um pros and cons and things that we might want to change and then the rest of the time is just tickets and work on a product that has an awful lot of users Mm -hmm. many 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 users so there's always stuff to be improving and iterating on so that it Mm. can get better
1: Uh, something curious that you just mentioned now you mentioned a lot of meetings and i don't mean like the i I know what you mean they're not the traditional when people hear meetings they're like oh boring stuff but a lot of the tech meetings are talking about the problems talking about the the technical aspects and the implementation aspects sometimes. Yeah. So they're very collaborative. Yeah. And one thing that I would say, and I, I don't know if you agree, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of people think of software developers as people that just typing away at the keyboard for hours and hours and hours. And that is that is not true. Like I I can't I can't program without a piece of paper and a pen, so I can draw some stuff. And you know, there's a lot of communication, isn't there?
0: Yeah, there is. I think that was one of the things that. I was perhaps quite, um, not scared, but also a bit apprehensive about when I first started my job. I was just like, oh my goodness, am I going to have to code all day? Because really, I I don't know loads. I've just done this boot camp. Am I going to be okay? But actually, we have so many meetings that talk through the next projects that, that we're going to be doing. We work out exactly how they're going to happen. And even when we're refining tickets, we're going down into like the minute detail of what things need to be changed in certain files, how those files will link together. So yeah, there's certainly a lot of kind of collaboration before you actually then do the tickets, um, Mm. which is nice. I think it's really interesting because you just get more and more level of um, understanding as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think you touched us on this just a little bit before we we started recording. Now that you've got the work that you're doing and you're happy in software development, you've got like a nice work-life balance. Does Does your brain go like, oh, I wonder, wonder if uh, I can I could go back and do another tour with a uh, with a company that I that I used to
0: do? Yeah, it's so funny because I often think of it and I miss so many aspects of it, but I think ultimately the hours were just so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still don't think I've got over the fact that you get Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday off in this job. So I feel like I've got like a mini holiday every week, which was <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But when you work six days a week for so many years, yeah, you don't, you don't, you're not used to it. Um, mm. So as much as I miss the people and I miss them a lot, I miss the opportunities to go travelling. But it's nice to be able to go on holiday now as well, or go travelling and and not have to go and do an evening show. I could mm-hmm. go out for dinner, um, little thing. You could
1: go see a show.
0: I could go see a show, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think as well, I was so content and so happy when I, when I decided to make the move. I kind of ticked all the boxes of the main things I wanted to do. So I look back with really happy memories um, mm. and it's nice to now see another industry In front of me that i can go you know what i'll see where i can get with this one Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no pressure (laughs) because i kind of ticked my first one (laughs) so yeah i'll just see what happens
1: and how did the people around you react because you've changed this is quite a radical change theater has absolutely nothing to do with building computer software so when you told your friends your family oh, I'm going to do this thing now. How did they react?
0: Well, funnily enough, quite a few of my friends who worked in theatre had also dabbled in coding during the pandemic mm-hmm. because, like me, really good problem solvers, and certainly some of my friends are like, sound engineers, so they were interested in it from a, like, a sound and like a technical point of view. they, mm-hmm. yeah, coding is different, but they programmed lighting desks or sound desks, so um, there are elements that are the same. I don't think they were hugely surprised, and quite a few of my friends knew that i was kind of looking for something a bit different anyway mm-hmm. and ultimately it's got problem solving in it and so much of a stage manager's job was problem solving you were just problem solving set of people and trying to work out how a show could go on on stage rather than trying to make a certain thing appear on a web- website so lots of similarities although they are very different
1: yeah i, I take that back about stage managing it has nothing to do with coding now it, it sounds like it has a lot of do, to do with coding but instead of programming a computer you're programming a set of people
0: uh, and <laughs> yeah, making sure that as set comes off it doesn't crash with people going on <laughs> lots of yeah. the same thought processes <laughs> which is interesting yeah
1: and uh, what about like family usually friends they get your decisions but family sometimes has a different perspective because they knew you as you were a kid and they've got certain expectations sometimes were they okay with your decision
0: yeah I think my parents think it's um, great that me and my brother have ended up finding this other career, having both changed during the pandemic mm. into something quite different, but both of us are just, yeah, really enjoying it. I think my parents are just like, well, we can't really talk to you about loads about it because <laughs> we don't <laughs> know lots, but they now know a few words that they can say that will say, oh yes.
1: I recognise this word.
0: I recognise this word. Exactly. Yeah, they've been really encouraging and very, very supportive. and It's all mm. you can ask for, really.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's indeed, that's all you can ask for. Now, what about, let's maybe start with the with the stage manager role in the theatre, in the entertainment. How, how can a person get into that?
0: If you're interested in finding out more about backstage stuff, probably get in touch with the local amateur dramatic society or your local theatre see if you could go and do some work experience with them and just get a sense of what it's like to be behind the scenes and then yeah if you're university or like about to go to university age um, look at the drama schools there's quite a number now and they have some fantastic technical theatre courses which will take you through lighting sound production management stage management making costumes and um, yeah all the different Um, roles that are available and really that's where a lot of us ended up kind of learning our trade and we'd work alongside the acting students and we'd do the backstage elements of their acting shows Um, or for me I was at a music college as it was a drama school that had a music college Connected to it, so we did operas. So we did the backstage bits while there were singers who were training to be opera singers were on the stage. So yeah, and and don't give up. Theatre industry's a tough one, <laughs> but if you really want to work in it, you you'll get there. So just look out for opportunities and do work experience and go train.
1: Mm and what about now the other side how would one get into software development then
0: yeah in the similar kind of way of if you're intrigued by it and you want to learn more about it there's so many free courses online that you can just try learn a bit of javascript learn a bit of html get a basic app running or get a basic web page running just even if you write hello world, the classic <laughs> like learning how to code thing on a screen, it really gives you a boost when you get something actually showing up just through the code. And then if you kind of get further and think, yeah, this is something I want to do, I'd highly recommend looking for a bootcamp because they just take you to that level of understanding where you can actually do really well in interviews and mm. you've got the skills to be able to pass the tech tests or at least gives them a really good shot.
1: That's something that uh, we probably didn't mention. But I don't know about other industries, but we have this this thing, the tech tests. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to to try and evaluate if people actually know, you know, programming. Because you mentioned that you you did a few interviews with some other with some other companies. Did you get to do a lot of tech tests?
0: Yeah, I think I did four or five in the end because I had. Well, because I applied for quite a few different kinds of jobs, I was lucky and got tech tests for most of them. So one was just almost like writing an essay about what parts of technology I find interesting. And then some were actually building apps Mm. um, from scratch to a brief connecting to an API. Yeah, they were, some were, yeah, quite involved.
1: And this probably belonged, you know, earlier, but just because you mentioned the tech tests now, did you find them, uh, like? You were prepared to do them?
0: I think having done North Coders and having done like that boot camp training, we had a project at the end of the boot camp, so you kind of got to go through the process of building something from scratch. I think mm-hmm. that really helped me feel less daunted by the prospect of a tech test they are still quite daunting because you might perhaps might only have a weekend to do them in and so you get set them on the there's your Friday you've got to have them back into the company on the Monday so yeah certainly worked really hard those weekends to actually get it together and also show the best amount of coding that I could do at the time to give them a good example of my work so yeah I think I've lost yeah. my train of thought a bit <laughs> But yeah, they are hard and they're different, but you can mm. get through them. <laughs> Ultimately, they're just so that the people can see what where you're at. And mm. often then the interviews following them, we'd go through them anyway, and they'd say, why did you decide to do that? Or what about this? Could you have done it that way? So it was much more a conversation starter as well.
1: Mm. Uh, that's something that I, I usually say to all the people I interview for, for my company. And when I'm going through things, I always say, don't be don't be alarmed, just do the test the best that you can, because what's going to matter is not what you're going to write. Uh, what's going to matter is the conversation that we're going to have afterwards. Yeah. It's like you said, it's just a conversation starter.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So is there anything that you would like to, um, is there anything that you'd like to end uh, uh, this with? Anything that you'd like to, you know, pass along or?
0: Um, yeah. I guess just to anyone who's thinking about doing a career change, It's it's okay. You can do it. Um, I think before I did my career change, I was perhaps quite hesitant. It took a few years to come to the point where I was actually like, yeah, okay, it's time to do something new. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know where it's going to be, but it's time. And I'm so glad I've got a cool opportunity now to learn loads about a new industry and loads about a new job and have some weekends. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> I'd probably say.
1: that That is like really good and encouraging advice, I would say. Well, and I think with that, we can, we can wrap this up. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show.
0: Ah, oh, It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, everybody, I'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.